You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 12, and we'll read from verse 41 down through verse number 48. Luke chapter 12, and verse number 41. The Bible says, Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speaketh thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day, when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men shall have committed much, of him they will have they will ask the more. Brother Dan read for us the scripture from Luke 12 verses 41 through 48, and this is a parable. Uh, Jesus used parables. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, I want to go through this parable very quickly. I certainly want you to understand what this parable is talking about, and I also want you to realize that uh, when it comes to a parable. Uh, We don't base our doctrines off of parables, and we certainly don't take every detail of the story and say, well, this is exactly what's going to happen to you. That's not true. Uh, I think about one example is the story of the prodigal son. Now, the idea of that story, of course, is uh, if you get away from God or if I get away from God the Father, it's not going to be good. Now, does that mean that you are literally going to end up in a pig pen? Probably not. Does that mean that you are literally going to be eating uh, the food with the swine and with the pigs? Probably not. As a matter of fact, I've known people that got away from God and outwardly it looked like things were good. But as you talk to them, you find out on the inside they were miserable. And that parable shows us that you and I, uh, we we never do well when we get away from God. And I think we understand, though, that a parable will give different points and give different parts, sometimes maybe even almost shocking statements. Here's a, a, for instance, I'll use illustrations sometimes, and uh, I'll say something about, you know, hey, you don't want to, um, you don't want to do, do something crazy. And I'll say, like, for instance, if I, if I drove over here after church, I drove to Speedway gas station, and I went into that gas station, and I robbed them, and I took the money. Well, I'm not planning to do that, okay? And you watch. Somebody's going to do it today, and everybody here is going to say, it was the pastor. He talked about it. He was not. I'm not planning to do that, and I wouldn't recommend that you do it. 
But I'll sometimes use some of those ideas or something crazy as an illustration, but I want you to get the point. That's not a good thing to do, okay? Don't do that. Here, Jesus gives a parable about stewards or servants that have been left in charge or left responsible for the possessions of the master. We see back in verse number 34 that the servants have treasures that are given. God has given all of you a treasure. Your treasure may not be money. It may not be a bank account. Your treasure uh, may not be a, a 401k or a, a big house or a car, but God's given you some ability. God's given you some talent. God's given you some opportunities. God's given you some time. And we are to use those treasures, not for our own gain, but to use those treasures for the glory of God. Verse 37, the Bible says that the servants should be watching and waiting for the master's return. Can I tell you, that's what we're doing today. We are watching and we are waiting because the master, Jesus Christ, has gone back to heaven and he is coming back someday and we are watching and we are waiting for his return. Verse 37, it says, blessed are those servants. You want to know how to be a happy servant of God? Be living every day as if Jesus could come back. Because by the way, he could come back. You know who the most miserable Christians are? The ones who aren't living for Christ's return. The ones who are living for sin and living for self and living for pleasure. Because a child of God will never be happy living for the world. Because we have been given a Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And we are happy and we are blessed when we're living for God. Verse number 40. We should be ready. Be ye therefore, verse 40, be therefore ready also. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. You know when Jesus is coming back? He's coming back when people say, nah, he's not coming back. No, I don't think he's coming back today. I got news for you. He could come back any day and we must be ready. Verse 42, the Bible says that the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward. A steward is one who manages the properties or the possessions of another. And God has entrusted us with so much. He's blessed us with so much. We ought to be wise. We ought to be faithful with what God has entrusted us and given into our care. Verse number 42, then whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household. Can I tell you, there are a lot of people that call Jesus Lord, but it's just a title. He's not really the Lord of their life. Can I tell you, Jesus is your Savior. He died for you. He paid the price for you, and he'll give you eternal life, and you and I can accept that free gift, and we can receive salvation. And then after we get saved, can I tell you, God wants us to be uh, under the authority and the leadership of Jesus Christ in our lives every day. He ought to be our Lord. He ought to be our master. Luke 6, the Bible says, Why do you call me Lord and you do not the things which I say? Doesn't make sense, does it? Why would you call him Lord and you don't care what he says and you don't do what he's commanded? We ought to uh, serve him. We ought to make him Lord of our lives. Verse 43, Blessed is that servant who is faithful when his Lord cometh. May God help us to be faithful till he comes back. Verse 45 and 46 and 47, the Bible tells us that there are some who will live 
as if he's not coming back. Notice verse 45. Here's the parable. But if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth in his coming and he shall begin to beat the men servants and the maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. Now, I hope, I hope that's not on your list today. I hope as a servant of God, I hope you're not planning to go out and start beating people, okay? That's not a good idea. I hope you're not planning to go out and get drunk. That's not a good idea. And again, this is a parable. The Jesus is not saying that if you're not ready for me, then you're going to do these things. But can I tell you, if you're not living for Christ's return, and if I'm not living for Christ's return, we're going to do some crazy things that we wouldn't normally do or we definitely should not do. Verse number 47, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he's not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Well, I got news for you. When Jesus comes back, those of us who know Jesus as Savior, he's not going to beat you, okay? He's not going to beat me. He's not going to whip us. He's not going to say, oh, you wicked, rotten sinner. No, hallelujah, the sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you, however, when Jesus comes back, there will be some who have not been faithful, and there will be some who have not been wise. There will be some who have not served God who are going to have some regrets. Not everybody at the judgment seat of Christ is going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not everybody's going to get a crown. Not everybody's going to receive a reward. You say, but at least we're saved. Amen for that. Praise God, we're saved from hell. Praise God that we have eternal life. But can I tell you, when I get to heaven, yes, I'm thankful I'll be in heaven, but I want to be able to say, Lord, I gave you my best. Lord, after all that you did for me, you died for me, and I at least lived for you. I at least gave my life for you. Verse number 47, that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Verse 48, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. The Bible says that there are some servants that knew what they were supposed to do and God made it very clear and they didn't do it. He said, they're going to they're gonna suffer more loss. There's going to be more rewards lost there. There's going to be more regret there. And then he said, there are some who maybe didn't know as much. They weren't given as much. They, they weren't prepared and they, it wasn't their fault. They just, maybe it's a new Christian. Maybe it's somebody that didn't have some of the opportunities we've had. And then here in verse number 48, Here's our text, and I want to just get right into it. It says, For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. It's an amazing thought. It's a convicting thought. You see, because when I look at this verse, I see my name in that verse. And I see many of your names in that verse. You say, well, where is that? where it says, unto whomsoever much is given. Did you know we've been given a lot? I won't cover it all, but I want to give you a few highlights of some things that we have been given. One, we have been given life. The fact that you're here today, the fact that you're watching, the fact that you're listening today, you are alive, and the fact that you have life, and the fact that you have breath, is a gift from God. That is much that has been given. 
It is a gift that we would be alive today and that God would give us the opportunity to serve Him. We have been given salvation. If you're here today and you've been born again and you've been saved by the grace of God, can I tell you, God has given you so much, He gave you eternal life. He's given you a home in heaven. Your citizenship is not down here. Your citizenship is in a heavenly country. And God has given you eternal life in heaven and you'll never spend one second in the flames of hell, which is where we all deserve to be right now. God has given us so much. I thank God for salvation. I praise God for salvation that I have been given. I didn't earn it. I didn't work for it, never could. I never in a million years could I earn salvation, but God has given us salvation. Next, we have health, we have strength. So pastor, I'm not in good health and maybe you're not, but can I tell you, whether God gave you a year of good health or five years of good health or 10 or 20 or 30, or maybe you only had a day of health, that's a gift from God. The fact that you have strength, the fact that I have strength, the fact that we could be here today, that is a gift from God. It's all because of God's mercy that we have health and strength at all. You say, well, you know, uh, you know I, I, I'm having this trouble, I'm having this trouble. And I'm not trying to dis discredit that, but I'm just saying thank God for all the days you didn't have that. Thank God for every day that you wake up and you can get out of bed or every day you can open your eyes and you can see. Every day that you can hear, every day that you can talk, every day that you can walk, every day is a miracle. It's a gift from God. We've been given so much. We have a Bible. I want to tell you, I'm thankful that when I stand before you this morning and I hold up this book, I'm not telling you we've got some of the Bible. I'm not telling you we got part of the Bible. I'm not telling you we got some of the ideas that were contained in the Bible. I'm not telling you that there was a Bible back in 2 Timothy 3, but we don't have it today. I'm telling you that we have the Word of God. We have an inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. And can I tell you, there are nations and languages in this world that do not have a Bible, but we do. Can I tell you, there are places in this world where all they have is the Gospel of John or all they have is the New Testament. All they have is just one copy for an entire city. We have multiple copies. We've got the Bible. God loved you enough to give you His Word. God loved me enough to give me His Word and to show me how to live. And we have been given the Bible to whom much is given. We've been given so much. We have the Holy Spirit. If you've been saved, you have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit who leads you and guides you and directs you and the Holy Spirit who comforts you. And you never have to go through life alone because you have the indwelling Spirit of God. God has given us so much. We have the gospel. We have the account of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, we have got the way of eternal life. We have got a Savior who is not still in the grave, but we serve a risen Savior. We have victory. We know that Jesus Christ is alive. And can I tell you, we've been given so much. What a confidence. What a power and what an assurance that is to know that we have the gospel. We have a church. We've been given so much. Can I tell you, there are areas in our nation and there are areas around the world, they don't have a church. They don't have a church like this. 
They don't have a place where they can come. They don't have a place where they can be encouraged. They don't have a place where they can uh, be with the family of God. Can I tell you, I'm thankful that we have a church. I'm thankful for a church that even through a pandemic has banded together and has prayed for one another and encouraged one another and been faithful to watch and faithful to listen and faithful to attend and faithful to a drive-in and faithful to a tent meeting. Can I tell you, God has blessed our church and God has been so good to give us a church. I stood in the living room last night of the Turners and I was talking, Brother Bobby was not responding. I had, uh, what, a, what, a, what a heartbreak. A man who has faithfully served God for these years and a man who, who loves to sing and loves to preach and loves to teach the Bible and loves to come to church and smile and shout and tell jokes and be a blessing. Miss Donna told me, she said, Pastor, please thank the people. She pointed over in the living room and she said, there's a stack of cards and letters and notes that came from the people at church. Can I tell you, I'm glad I have a church family. I'm glad that when we go through sorrow and I'm glad that when we go through hard times, I'm glad we have a church family that loves and cares and prays for one another. God has been so good to us. God has given us a church. He's given us a church that he purchased with his own blood. Jesus gave his life for the church. I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for my heritage and my parents. I'm thankful for my wife's heritage and her parents. I'm thankful for the heritage of this church. Do you realize for over 50 years on this property, there have been people that have loved God and served God and been a part of this church? Do you realize on the property over on the avenue, Victory Baptist Church, for all those years, there have been people that have loved God and paid the price so that we could have a church today over at the country church property years ago. There was a group of people that got together and said, we want to have a church and we want to please God and we want to make a difference in this community. And can I tell you, there's been a lot of pastors, there's been a lot of teachers, there have been a lot of workers, there have been a lot of people giving and a lot of people serving and a lot of people praying so that we can have what we have today. We have been given so much. We have a heritage. I'm thankful for the freedom that we have in this country. I know we talk about some freedoms that it seems like we're losing, but I want to tell you, there's no other place on the earth I'd rather live than the United States of America. I'm thankful for one nation under God. I'm thankful for our founding fathers. I'm thankful for the privilege that I had to be born into this country. You know what I had to do with that? Zero. The fact that God allowed you and I to live in this great land is all because of what God has done and God has given us. I'm thankful for our religious freedom. I'm thankful for life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness that we enjoy in this country. I'm thankful for the light that we've been given. I'm thankful for the truth. I'm thankful for Bible preaching and teaching. And I'm thankful for Sunday school teachers and preachers and youth pastors and Christian school teachers and Sunday school teachers throughout the years that have taught me the truth so that I have been given the light. I'm thankful for finances. I'm thankful for jobs that we have. I'm thankful for an income. I'm thankful for insurance. I'm thankful for a, a home and a car and food to, uh, to eat and water to drink and clothes on our backs. And can I tell you, you say, well, so-and-so's got more than me. Yeah, well, you got more than most of the world's population. 
And God has blessed us and God has been so good to us. And if you start comparing with everybody else, there's always going to be somebody that's got more. So why don't we just look in the mirror and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. I don't deserve it, but you blessed me. I'm thankful for our church staff. I'm thankful for Brother Dan and Miss Kelly and all that they do for our church. I'm thankful for Brother Nathan and Miss Grace who are watching the service now from California, and I hope they're having a good time with their family there. I'm thankful for Brother Caleb and Jennifer and the blessing that they are to our church, and I'm thankful for my mom and the blessing that she is to our church, and I'm thankful for our deacons, and I'm thankful for all of our Sunday school teachers and junior church and bus workers and nursery workers and master clubs, and I'm thankful for the choir, and I'm thankful for everybody that has a part. We have been so blessed. I'm thankful for the technology that we have. I don't know how in the world we would have gone through this last year without having a, a, an online ministry and a radio ministry and a drive-in uh, parking lot that we're listening on the radios and, and microphones and, and, and video cameras and computers and all of those things. We have been given so much. I'm thankful for our properties. I'm thankful for this property here and the beautiful buildings and facilities that God has given us on this property here on Bowling Road. I'm thankful for the Christian school property, 10 acres that God has given us a half a mile away from here, uh, the, the home of Cornerstone Christian School where it began and what will be Victory Christian Academy in August. Can I tell you, I'm thankful for that property. I'm thankful for the property on Thelma Road that God gave us. I'm thankful for the country church property that God has given us and blessed us with. I'm thankful for the buildings. I'm thankful for uh, the, the, the classrooms and the offices and the gymnasium and the nurseries and the list goes on and on. I'm thankful for the buses that God has given us, three buses and a shuttle that God has given us. I'm thankful for a radio station that God has given us. That's a miracle. I'm thankful for the Christian school that God has given us. I'm thankful for the young people and the children and the adults and the senior saints. I'm thankful for all that God has given us and we could be here all day going through the list. But are you getting the idea that God has given us so much? God's been good to us. God has blessed our church. Number one, what have we been given? We've seen some of what we've been given. Number two, I want to ask you this question. Why us? Why has God given us these things? Well, first of all, I'll tell you one, it's not because of me. It's all because of God. It's all because of His goodness. It's all because of His mercy. But why has God given us these things? It's not because of us. It's not because of, of what we have done. We're just a bunch of sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. And by the way, if you ever, or if I ever get to the point where we start patting ourselves on the back and we start thinking that we deserve all this stuff, I want to tell you, as quickly as God gave it, He can take it away. Because it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Him. We're just managers and stewards of what God has given us. Quickly, number three, how much has God given us? Well, I've, we've told you some, but I'll tell you this, God's given us much more than we could have ever asked for. God's given us much more than we certainly deserve. God has blessed us and He daily loads us with benefits and everything that we have is a gift from God. It's not because of us, but it's all because of Him. So I close with this. Number four, what now? So what do we do with what God has given us? To whom much is given, of him shall much be required. You know what the truth is? 
God has given us so much so that we can use it for His glory. God's given us so much so that we can honor the Master, so that we can please the Master. The Bible says in verse number 48 of Him shall be much required. That word required means to give an account. It means that because of all that God has given us, there will come a time when God will ask us to give an account for all that He has blessed us with. Can I tell you? That's a lot to give account for. Because the blessings have been great, the responsibility is great. I want to ask you this. What have we done with these things? What have you done with the family that God has given you? What have you done with the job that God has given you? What have you done with the health that God has given you? What have you done with the salvation that God has given you? What have you done with the opportunities God has given you? We all will give an account. And I don't say that to scare you. And I don't say that to make you nervous. But I say that to challenge you and to encourage you that because we have been given so much, there is much that we will give an account for. What have we done for souls? Say, Pastor, it seems like you're always talking about we're blitzing for this event or we're, we're, we're advertising this event or there's this revival or there's this Easter Sunday or there's anniversary or what, what, what's going on with all this? Well, can I tell you why we're doing all that? Because people still need to get saved and people still need to hear the gospel and people still need to be reached. And people still need to get serious about serving God. And people still need revival. And we have been given so much. But what are we doing for eternity? What are we doing for the work of God? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, that moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know what God expects from us? He expects us to be faithful. He expects us to serve Him. He expects us to glorify Him in everything that we do. That's why it, what, what, what is a little, a little concerning to me sometimes is that we sometimes we get used to all the blessings. And we start to accumulate the blessings and we say, oh, God's given me this job or God's given me this house or God's given me this ability or God's given me this influence or God's given our church this or God's given our church this. And I say, praise God. Now what are we going to do with it? Because to whom much is given, much is required. You're here this morning, and you may be in this auditorium. You may be watching the service online or listening on the radio. Can I tell you there's coming a day when your soul will be required of you. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you reach the end of your life, and you stand before God, it'll be too late then. There won't be another opportunity for you to say, oh, I meant to do that while I was living. I meant to do that while I was at church, or I meant to do that when my neighbor was witnessing. It'll be too late then. When you breathe your last breath without Christ, can I tell you, there will be no more opportunities. That's why you must use the opportunity that you've been given. I think about so many people who've been witnessed to and witnessed to and people have prayed for them 
And people have invited him to church and people have given him gospel tracts and people have said, I'm praying for your soul. And people will say, not today, maybe later, maybe some other time. I want to tell you, friend, there's coming a time when there won't be a tomorrow. And that with all that you have been given, all of the opportunities to get saved, why would you not put your faith and trust in Christ? I hope. And I pray this is not the case. But I believe there's coming a day at the great white throne judgment, which is the judgment for those who have rejected Christ, those who will be cast into a lake of fire. I believe there's coming a day at the great white throne judgment where there will be church members standing in that judgment. And God will look at those and He will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. And I cannot imagine the thoughts and the feelings that will go through the minds of those people thinking, I sat in church. I sat through service after service after service. And I kept putting it off. And I kept thinking, well, what will people think of me? I don't care what people would think of me. What I care is what God knows about me. And I wouldn't put it off and I wouldn't make excuses and I wouldn't wait any longer because to whom much is given, of him shall much be required. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.